I love being a mom. It's one of the most difficult and rewarding and all the things jobs I've ever had in my life. I'm simultaneously a nurse, a cook, a cleaner, a bedtime singer, a teacher, a caregiver, an errand runner, a boo-boo kisser, you know, basically every job on earth rolled into one. But if I'm honest, sometimes being a mom is a really lonely job. I so badly want to connect with other moms who get it, but sometimes it feels like other moms are just going to judge me. Those mommy wars, yeah, they're real and they are hard and I don't understand why they exist, but they do. Having a supportive community to just connect with other moms is so needed and important and vital. We cannot and we should not do life alone. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Sarah Moore, the founder of Project Mother, a collaborative enterprise of moms striving to encourage and support one another while also fostering ethical commerce. This is a rich conversation, you guys. Oh my goodness. There were so many times where I was laughing and crying. I felt all the emotions and I know, I know you are going to love it. If you are a mom or not a mom, trust me, this episode is for you. Now onto the episode with Sarah. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you on the show. Um, You and I have never spoken other than through email, and we've never met in real life, but we have an in real life common friend, our friend Tori. And um, I was saying earlier that anybody who is a friend of Tori is immediately a friend of mine. And you know how you just have those people in your life, like when they recommend somebody you immediately know that that person is legit. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. And especially when it comes from Tori, because she is legit. She I mean, is you legit. Defined it. She is legit. But I was thinking about that the other day of how we we often have these people in our lives who are our vouchers. Like if they yeah. recommend a product or if they recommend a movie or if they recommend a book or if they recommend that you meet someone else, you're immediately like, well, Obviously, I need to check out that thing. Oh, yeah, because, you're like, I'm on it. Yes. yes. When it comes from that person, absolutely. <laughs> I know. So, um, so with that all being said, obviously, I have done my fair share of internet stalking, in full disclosure, uh, <laughs> but I would love to just get to know you and have you tell our guests the Sarah 101. So tell us your story and everything about what you do and everything that Project Mother is. Okay, great. Well, So I actually started out, I'm a self-taught graphic designer, and um, I had a stationary business and a graphic design business um, after I had my first kid. And I could talk forever, so let's talk after kids, I guess, since this is all about um, moms. So um, I was doing lots of really cool things before that. And then once I had my daughter, I decided I wanted to, um, you know, have more flexibility, stay home, all these things like a lot of people do and um, decided I want to start my own business. So that's what I did and um, had a stationery and graphic design company and it was going, you know, really well and I was loving doing it. I got to be creative all the time and, you know, do all sorts of things. And then my husband got a new job in a different state. And so we moved away from everybody that we had ever known 
and um, and like family, friends, everybody in you know the town that I grew up, not town, city that I grew up in, and moved to a little town in Oklahoma where I knew no one, and mm. they all knew each other. Yeah. <laughs> and so oh, I moved yeah. with a three-year-old and a six-month-old, and um, it was hard, and I felt really. Um, lonely and it was cold. It was the middle of winter and we lived in like a dust bowl and you know, it was like you were confined inside and people were really nice and I made a few friends, but it just still, it didn't feel the same, you know, still trying to find my footing. And, um, and so then we had our third kid and because we're crazy and, <laughs> but we love him, but you know, it tested us to, to our bounds. But so it kind of exacerbated my problem, right? Yeah. Feeling lonely, you know, how you feel after you have you know, um, a newborn at home. So plus I had these other two kids I also had to take care of. Anyway, so that was kind of one day I just woke up and I got this immense feeling that I had to do something to help mothers. Mm. And I remember saying something to a like friend, mentor of mine. And she was like, well, I really don't know if mothers really need any help. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I think maybe that they do, but okay. So I kind of put it on the back burner and was like, well, I don't, cause I, I didn't hand flush anything out. And then one another day I woke up and I was like, okay, I got it. And I wrote this, what we now call a manifesto, mm. which was like this big, fancy, formal word for just this statement, this declaration that I wanted to put out in the world. And it was essentially saying that mothers, that we all need each other. We need to love each other more than we need to judge each other. Amen. And there was just so, no, so much negativity in the world. And, uh, you know, moms just were kind of fighting with each other online and, you know, I could just see it. It kind of compounded my loneliness problem. And even though I wasn't having specific issues, you know, in my, uh, in my town or anything, nothing dramatic like that. I just, I could feel so many moms around the world hurting. I have this big empathetic heart that just feels, I feel all the things. I feel all the things <laughs> we too. Like. I've, I you am, do. I'm a feeler and I'm an empathetic person. Yeah. And even my, my husband says this about me all the time. And it's, it's one of the qualities that he says, you know, he actually admires about me is my, my ability to empathize. But I completely agree. I mean, I think, you know, even if we're not directly experiencing it, we when we see other people, like people who are naturally empathetic, like we see other people hurting and we're immediately like, I want to help. Like it's a, it's both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. So anyway, so I wrote this manifesto and um, I kind of, you know, made it, I made it sound a lot prettier and I put it out in the world and made this company called Mother Manifesto. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do with it other than just, I wanted moms to come do this thing with me. Whatever this thing was, was to agree to this manifesto, sign it, say you believe in it, say you're going to come on this journey with me to, you know, not judge other moms, to come in community, support each other, encourage each other, love each other, you know, versus um, the opposite. And because motherhood Absolutely. is like hard enough, right? Without all that, mm-hmm. you know, like it took me, you know, I ran errands with my three-year-old today and he, every single time getting in the car, you know, it's 10 minutes to get him buckled up. Even though it's like, he just, that why? Preach. Like we do this every time. It's like That'll brushing preach. your teeth every day. It's like, yep. you know, so it's, I don't need the added drama on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Mother Manifesto it started out and, uh, we didn't really know what we were going to do with it, but I kept talking to my industry friends about it. I had, you know, people sign up and do this thing with me. And we're just trying to like find our footing and what we were going to do, what was going to be our purpose. And 
you know, I was doing this all on the side of my stationary business. And then one day I just looked at my husband and I was like, I don't want to do the stationery anymore. I want to do mother manifesto. Yeah. And he was completely supportive in, um, even though it made zero money <laughs> and, and the stationery did, um, make money. Uh, which is the funny little thing that as empathetic feeler type people love, you know, to, to do that. I wanted to go out and help people. And yep. for a while that meant no income. So then, so I started down this path. Okay. I'm going to like, I'm going to figure out what this is. And one day my friend Chrissy called me and said, have you ever thought about taking on a business partner? And I was like, well, no, because I don't make any money and <laughs> this is really hard and I don't know what I'm doing, And but sure, you know, so um, it was great. It was funny because she was one of the people that I was talking with constantly about what I was doing and she was one of the first ones to get on board and buy a t-shirt from me was, I, I was selling these t-shirts in order to try to make some kind of income, but I was always leveling out and never made any money, you know, it's just yeah. like this funny. Anyway, so Chrissy came on board and it's been great because We've really been able to, you know, it's like going, it's like not having to go through business life alone, like being able to have a partner and a business partner and um, really push forward all the hard times and take um, Mother Manifesto to the next level, which is dun, 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 where we are today as yes. Project Mother. Project and Mother, yes. So that's kind of where, um, I, that's why I want to worry, was that Mother Manifesto was this um, foundation of, of where we are today. So for people that don't know what Project Mother is, tell us, you know, a little bit about what the mission, the purpose, I mean, you can even share kind of what your business model is, um, just to kind of share with people who aren't familiar with Project Mother, what it is that you do. Absolutely. So Project Mother, what we'd like to say is a collaborative enterprise of moms um, striving to encourage and support another through community and um, and fostering ethical commerce. So I love it. We yes, yeah, this big beautiful statement that I kind of botched a little bit, but um, <laughs> but uh, but that is you know the human people version of it. But we like to call it that because it's not just um, it's not just a subscription business or it's not just a community or it's not just this it's not just that there's there's so much like i said with mother manifesto being at our foundation and those are the roots that we're built on so we very much still have the communities the local chapters that we've built and our blog that um where we talk about lots of um you know real down and dirty things about being moms and about being women yeah and uh we have those things which is you know our um, community is what we call it. And then we have, and then that's how Project Mother kind of, or Mother Manifesto, excuse me, grew. We expanded our mission into Project Mother and we kind of brought in this ethical commerce side. And we decided to launch a subscription box of um, curated goods for moms by moms. It's kind of our like little tagline, for moms by moms. that. So it's really, really awesome because we get to work with all sorts of really incredible brands and artisans and people that are doing amazing work all over the world. So, you know, not just in third world countries, but um, in the U.S. too, Mm. that are, you know, hiring um, refugee women or just um, single moms themselves, you know, that own apothecaries or whatever it may be. Yeah. And then, of course... um, women in 
India and Kenya mm-hmm. and Ethiopia and um, Thailand and Cambodia. I mean, it's the it's, the list is endless, as you know, of uh, mm-hmm. amazing companies that you can work with. Yeah, and we um, started there because there was a wealth of people to. Um, I keep saying people, but these because they're people, right? That own yeah, these brands, yeah. that own the companies. Um, yeah, but you know that already do this amazing work that a lot of um, people don't know about. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of tried to combine the subscription box business model with the social enterprise model and, um, and include items from, from those moms in the box to not only connect our moms to those moms, but with the brands and what they're doing and how they're trying to impact the world and make, you know, things better for moms um, halfway across the world. Yeah, I think that's such a unique perspective. And it just creates this sense of connection when you are learning about a mom, you know, in a developing nation, or even a mom here in the United States, and um, just learning more about her story and the opportunity that she's been given through, you know, this job. And mm-hmm. it just it makes us feel so connected. And I know like when I have been, um, you know, I talk a lot on this show and just in general about my experiences going to Kenya. And, um, you know, even after three times, this third trip that I made last January, almost a year ago, you know, it was, honestly, it was the first, I mean, it was the first trip I'd taken since having kids. And it was so different for me in that sense, because I saw my kids in those kids and I saw myself in the moms that I met. And, you know, we shared, you know, we, we laughed over stories of our toddlers acting crazy, like toddlers act crazy in Kenya and they act crazy here. (laughs) Like, you know, their, their surroundings might be different, but like they're still kids. And, moms still get really tired and moms still really just want to break and uh, you know yeah. but the our struggles have common threads but they're also very different and so it was just such an a unique connection and so i think that's such a cool opportunity that you have to be able to connect moms to a greater a greater community that's all over the world. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And how, what, what ultimately led you guys to add that portion into the project mother business? So as you guys kind of move from this, you know, motherhood manifesto into project mother, what was it that really spurred the idea for connecting, um, you know, ethical commerce to moms? So there was really two, very important things. And one, the very first one was, is that our mission, our number one mission has always been to support moms, no matter who they are, no matter where they come from, no matter what they do, what they look like, et cetera, et cetera, right? It doesn't matter. That's been our whole basis of Mm -hmm. our philosophy um, is that moms need more support, need whatever it is that they need. We want to be able to give that to them in some way, shape or form. So we knew that we wanted to expand our mission by being able to support more moms and which led us to um, something that was going on in both Chrissy and I's life personally was the feeling of, I don't know what the right word is, but but clutter and 
having too much stuff, being bogged down by your stuff. I mean, it was the during, it was probably oh, yeah. during that whole like Marie Kondo like, oh, yeah. phase, you know, that every, not um, phase, but, you know, sensation that everybody was going through. But purge all the things, purge, do all the yes. minimalism. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. My husband's a bit of a hoarder, which, um, which can be, uh, you know, overwhelming at times when you keep, you know, underwear that's 10 years old. <laughs> Or your fraternity t-shirts, like, you know, we're, we're, we've moved on, honey. But, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I love them. But anyway, so uh, my point was, is that we were just seeking um, something that just more things in our life that had specific meaning and purpose and value. And so we really wanted to seek out different things that you couldn't find on a shelf at Target, even though we know, like we love Target because it's convenient and, and we know as our lives here as moms in the U S that, you know, Target can be a necessity for us. It's like, you need diapers. Well, where you go, you probably go to Target or Costco, or, right. you know, whatever. So, and then you probably swing by that home decor aisle, you know, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> just, just You're like, let me just peruse aisle W25 for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, a red you, sticker. <laughs> like, yeah. The clearance. Yeah. I mean, thank you, Nate Burkus and Threshold for making, you know, beautiful <laughs> design affordable. But I know. it clutters up our homes a little bit. So that was, so those two things have just, we really, we've kind of put those two together. And, that's what we've built Project Mother on is that we've expanded our mission to support moms everywhere, that there's no limit to where they are. If, you know, we eventually want to, you know, go to the far reaching corners of the world is to support, to support moms and connect them. I'm really glad that you said that. I mean, you kind of took all the words right out of my mouth. Um, that connection part was huge for us is connecting the, the artisans, the moms that make anything that we put in our box back with the moms that are purchasing the box. So not only, I mean, obviously they know when they sign up that they're doing something good, that they're providing some kind of impact, but to really get to know a mom that made her goods and how working for that company changed her life. Right. I mean, that's, that's a connection you can't find. And just like you said, I mean, toddlers are toddlers, whether they're in Kenya or whether they're, you know, in Houston, Texas. So like you said, their surroundings just may be a little bit different, but kids are kids. So I love, I love that you said that, that you I mean the common thread. That's something that we talk about a lot in Project Mother is that, you know, we, we can all find something as mothers to relate to with Ab- each other, no absolutely. matter where we come from. Okay, I know you are loving this conversation with Sarah, but let me take a quick break to remind you that we have a sponsor of the show that helps to make the show possible. This week's sponsor is CauseBox. You know that I am a huge, huge, huge lifelong fan of CauseBox. I have been a subscriber and a member for over two years, and this is my favorite, favorite ethical subscription company. If you don't know what CauseBox is, they are a quarterly subscription box that comes out each season, and each season's box has a whole design and a product theme, and every single product in the box is ethically made, fair trade, or gives back in some way. And the products, they are gorgeous. It truly is one of the best values as well. It costs about $50 per box, but you receive more than $150 worth of beautiful and unique products that are making a difference in the world. The Winter Box just launched this month and it is amazing. The Gold Cuff from Half United is my favorite and I have been wearing it daily since I got it. 
There are only a few Winter Cause boxes left, so get yourself a little post-Christmas gift. The team at Cause Box has been so generous as to provide my listeners with an exclusive coupon code for $15 off your first box with the code MOLLY. Simply go to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox to sign up. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash C-A-U-S-E-B-O-X and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. Now, if you have not heard my interview with Matt Richardson, the co-founder of CauseBox, go listen to episode 13 of this podcast to hear his awesome stories and hear all about his amazing company. Now, back to my conversation with Sarah. I've always been fascinated by the mommy wars, um, to be honest, because I just don't understand where they come from. And I just don't understand why they are necessary. And I, you know, I can, you know, we can give all the reasons of like, well, it's really just pent up jealousy, or really, it's just people wanting to think that they're better than other people. And we can give these very, maybe they're overly simplistic answers. I don't honestly know. But to me, none of them make sense. I mean, they just don't make sense. And any mom in her right mind that I know is terrified of the judgment of other moms and, you know, terrified of what a mom is going to think of her if she's not able to breastfeed or if she, you know, chooses not to baby wear or if they co-sleep or not co-sleep or if she goes back to work full time or if she does a direct sales business. It's like... Or if she just decides to stay home or if she decides to homeschool or send her kid to private school or a charter school or public school. I mean, it's just like everything we feel like is is scrutinized by other moms. And I just don't understand where it comes from because I have friends who breastfed. I have friends who formula fed. I have friends who work full time. I have friends who do direct sales business and I have friends who co-sleep. I have friends who, you know, work out five days a week. I have friends who haven't worked out in five months. Like I (laughs) don't, I, that to me does not make a mother. (laughs) That doesn't make a mother. And those things don't make a mother. If you're feeding your children, if you're loving them as well as you can, if you are just trying to do your best every day with the cards you've been dealt, to me, you're a good mother, you know, and I just don't understand why there has to be this sense of constant competition. Like, why are we in competition with each other? I don't know. I, I just went on a little soapbox there for a second. But no, seriously. But I love it. I don't, I don't understand it. So, I mean, what is your perspective? It's just at, at working in this space. Like, what do you think it comes from? You know, that's a great question. And I don't know that I can answer it either. Um, it is. It is such a travesty that it has to be this way. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it goes back to, like, when we were younger and everything's been a competition or everything's been judged, yeah. right? Since we were in, gosh, probably middle school. Yeah. It's always been, you know, who had what or like I remember when all the girls had Dooney and Burke purses and I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling lesser than. And I, I think there's similarities in that. And then it just you take it all the way up yep. and it starts like you said, we could give a million reasons. I mean, that could come from insecurity. And these are all the things that we talk about on our blog, insecurity mm-hmm. and identity, um, you, loneliness. You just reminded me, like, I can legitimately remember when I was in sixth grade. So I didn't grow up with a lot of money, uh, is a light way of putting it. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I was in sixth grade for Christmas, the only thing I wanted was enough money to go to Abercrombie to buy a shirt 
that said yeah. Abercrombie on it so I could so wear that to know. school yeah. so everyone would know that I had a shirt from Abercrombie like I'm embarrassed to say this but I'm like y'all know you did something like this too at some oh, point yeah we, we all did all that did. yeah and I and I felt like there was something about that Abercrombie shirt that was like to this day I mean I don't even know how many years later like I mean 22 years later it's ingrained in my head that like at that moment I thought that Abercrombie shirt was going to be the solution to all of my problems and and that I was going to suddenly be popular that I wasn't going to be bullied anymore and it was going to be the fix it it was going to be the fix it of all of my problems and guess what it wasn't and And maybe, maybe you're right. Like, maybe like you were saying, like when everybody had the Dooney and Burke purses or when everybody had Vera Bradley or like whatever that thing was, was, like it just transfers to motherhood. And it's like, well, all the cool moms co-sleep and breastfeed exclusively for seven years. And they, um, you know, they all send their kids to these free, uh, like these free living schools where all the kids like make these projects and are instant geniuses. I don't know that these are, you know, right. these are obviously exaggerations. No, you're always looking over your shoulder to see what they're doing. Right. It's like you're lacking that, or it seems like, you know, that, I don't know, it can come from either like the lack of confidence or it's making you have a lack of confidence in yourself. Like, yeah. well, I'm not doing what she's doing. Should I be doing what she's doing? Yeah. You know, and yeah, like, am I, I am I less, like, am I less yeah, than it, mother exactly. because I'm not doing that? Right. Exactly. I can so even think just, of like, yeah, I mean, I can even think of like my my birth stories, like with Lily, like I when I was pregnant with my first, I, I took all the birth classes, I read all the books, and I was oh. going to have the natural yeah. drug free childbirth. And after 26 hours, it ended in a C-section. Like, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that one before, you know, too. And, and everybody. Yeah. And then and then I've heard like a traumatic or not traumatic, but sometimes traumatic. But I've heard mo- moms and how ashamed they feel. Mm. After all of that, after oh, all yes. that work and dedication, and they had their heart set on that, and then they feel like their bodies failed them, and oh. they went into deep, immense depression over Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And it, it's almost like it just, I don't want to say ruins, but it's just like it, it does. It kind of like ruins that experience. Like now you have this child, and you, your baby's here. Right. You know, it's like who cares if your body failed you? I mean, it did. Right. It delivered the baby. But, you know, if you want to think it that way, like it doesn't matter. Your baby's here. And, right. But it's hard. It, it's so hard. I, I don't know. It's that whole keeping up with the Joneses. It's validation. It's, I don't know. Yeah. That, it's it's yeah. going to take a lot of a lot of work for us all to put the mommy wars. I mean, you think that like the quintessential mommy wars is back in the eighties. Like when women went back to the workforce hugely full time with like mm-hmm. super career path and um, maybe more like the seventies and eighties. And um, it was like working moms versus stay at home moms. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head that now it's like every mom versus every other mom. That's yeah. not like her. Yes. And it drives me bananas. <laughs> There's like no other way to put it. But I love that you have drawn a line in the sand, so to speak, and just said, you know what, we're going to say no to this. And we're going to stand up together and say, no, we are we are a community of moms who are not going to judge each other based on what other moms do. And, you know, I just I think it is something that is so needed because I 
I see it. And, and I love too that exi- a lot of it exists in the digital space because that's where the majority of the mommy wars happen is on Facebook and on Instagram. And like, that's where that encouragement is needed. And that space for moms to just connect with each other and just say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm, I think it's awesome that you're doing that, but this is what I'm doing. And let's, let's just listen and, and hear each other, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So you were mentioning that you guys have local chapters. What does that look like? So do you have kind of in-person meetings, things like that, that, that moms can get connected to locally? We do. So we have, um, let me think, we probably have about 10 or 11 chapters and we have one in Canada, we have two in Canada now. And yes, so we host uh, a monthly meeting on the last third, excuse me, third Thursday of every month. And there's um, a local leader that kind of rallies everyone together. There's Facebook pages for each group. And yes, they, um, they get together and they kind of just, it's very open and flexible. They kind of get together and do whatever they want. If they want to have a wine night, they have a wine night. If they want to have a play date and, and at 11 AM instead with their kids, then well, then they can do that. And, um, it's been fun to see all the things that they do. We even have a group in New York that like goes apple picking together and visits pumpkin farms. That's so and fun. They have, yeah, they have like a clothing swap and it's really neat to see the friendships that have come out of that. And it's just for women that, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a bazillion friends. It doesn't matter if you have no friends, if you're new to the area. Uh, it's just a place exactly just where you can connect with people flesh, flesh to flesh. <laughs> in, I love in the it. Flesh. So um, if somebody is interested in finding a chapter or even starting a chapter, where could they go to do that? So they go to our website. It's on the community page. If you go to our website and click on community, you'll find it there. You can find our Facebook page and meetups. They're called mother meetups. And those are through their local chapters. That's awesome. I think that is such a cool way for people to just, yeah, get away from their computers and their phones and just actually connect face to face. That's also just such a needed thing right now. Yes, it is. It's the balance of both. Like you said, the digital world is so chock full of lots of people who think that they know everything or know exactly what they're talking about. And, Sanctimonies. And yes. Oh, I love that word. <laughs> Sanctimonies. Sanctimonies. And, and sometimes you just have to take a break from it and you just need yeah. to see someone in person because yeah. you still need those. You still need those friends that you can hug, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. So I do want to go back to kind of when we were talking about um, the subscription box and what has that looked like for you as a business owner as far as implementing that into your business model, but then on a larger kind of grander scale, what have you seen, what has been the impact among the Project Mother community members? You know, I find working in the ethical fashion, ethical, you know, consumerism, ethical commerce world, I find that there is so much educating to do on why this is something that's important and why it's something that's valuable. So what what have you found has been the impact among the Project Mother community members? So I realize it's kind of a two-part question there. So one, like sort of like, what's the business side looked like for you? And then also what's, what's the impact been on the community members? So I think on the business side, while, you know, starting any new kind of business venture, something you haven't done before is challenging. 
it is, it's been a little bit of a learning curve to learn the subscription box model because yeah. it's a little bit different than your normal yeah. retailer, especially, you know, brick and mortar, even an online retailer. So I ran, you know, my stationery shop and my Etsy shop and things like that. So I had some experience of selling online. So thankfully I had that. And, um, but it's been kind of fun too, because I don't just pick up the phone or pick up an order form and order stuff wholesale. I, I call and I get to talk to our vendors and I try to form relationships and partnerships and I tell them what they're doing. What I mean, excuse me, they know what they're doing. I tell them what I'm doing. <laughs> and then we talk about, you know, whether we're a good fit for each other and how we can work together in different ways. And so that's been really challenging one for me because I don't really like negotiating per se. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I know how that is. Yes. But, but also fun because I love talking about what we do and I love making connections with people. So it's kind of like doing those two things at once makes, makes the negotiating part a little bit easier. Um, so implementing it into the business has been challenging just I mean, because of that, because of time learning, um, shipping schedules, things like that. We've of yeah. course, you know, learning things daily about, oh, okay, let's not do that again. You know, those type of things. But, um, all in all, I think we're gonna, you know, hit our stride here in a box or two and really, really have it down pat as far as the business side. Um, as far as the other side, I completely agree with you that I think we still have a little ways to go as far as educating our, our community that we had established. I think that they 100% love what we're doing. They love that we expanded our mission and they support it. And we had, you know, several people come on board as subscribers. I still think though, like you said, communicating the um, true importance, the true value in it is going to take a little longer. Yeah. And then especially to anybody new to our, our whole company, our community and, and everything that we do that we kind of classified our, what do you call them? Um, potential, you know, consumers into two groups is somebody that kind of comes from our community side and somebody else that comes and they're just like, Oh wow, this is cool stuff. This is a cool mission. I want this. Mm -hmm. And then the other side is kind of more from the community side where they're going to take a little bit more. I don't want to say convincing, but, but education, maybe like you said, of, why, why ethical commerce is important and how we're impacting them. You know, it's just kind of that little bit more of a investment in yeah. time. It's definitely something that, I mean, I've always been passionate about this really, I guess, okay, always is a bit of an exaggeration. I'd say in the last seven years, this has been something that I've started to learn about and grow. But it was when I had kids that honestly, this became a subject that I was really even I was just really fired up about because when I started learning about things like human trafficking and child labor and thinking about what moms were having to sacrifice in order to try to provide for their family like my heart just broke and the more and more that I learn about it the more and more my heart breaks and so it's something that I just it fires me up and I want other moms to care about it and so I just want you to know that I am over here cheering you on and everything that you're doing because it's 1000% everything I believe in. And so I just, 
from all all aspects, from the community aspect to the motherhood encouraging aspect to the ethical commerce side. I'm just like, yes, I, yes, yes, yes. Preach, preach, preach. All of the things. Oh, that's awesome. Right um, in all your bases. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, so, Sarah, I want to transition here to um, one of my favorite parts of the show. And that's just where we get to know you and ask some fun questions. And um, we're kind of dubbing this the lightning round, even though it's not really a lightning round. It's just the getting to know you round. But it also is a fun place where I get to um, have my husband insert a fun sound effect into the show. <laughs> Do love this. You're going to learn to be true dodgeballers. Then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five D's, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. So um, are you ready for us to just get to know you a little bit more? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So since you talk motherhood, I thought it would be fun to ask, what is your favorite mom product to give to a new mom that's necessary? Like you don't, when you're a new mom and you you don't think to put this thing on the registry, but you need it. Like every, like when you go to a baby shower now, you're like, yeah, I'm not getting that thing off the registry. You don't actually need that. Like, <laughs> you know. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Oh, so I don't go to many baby showers anymore. It's kind of classed out of that age group. But <laughs> um, I do. Okay. So I'm one of those people that I buy books. Mm. Um, that's one of my things that I buy books. Yes. I love books. Another one is if I have enough, like if I can get people to come in on it is, um, the rock and play, which is something new. My, not all my kids got to be in that, but that was like a lifesaver for one of my kids. So that was something. And, but I know a lot of people are registering for that now. See, I'm like so out of the baby business. Um, (laughs) another one. Oh, you know what I always try to do, which is, this is like, this is not necessary. (laughs) So I'm totally botching your question, but I try to buy, um, the kid just something special for them like you know just whatever is like a really special blanket or whatever because my kids have attached to the most random things I got at baby showers and that's like that's their lovey Hmm. but it's but I always remember even if it's somebody that I don't talk to anymore that I'm not as close to anymore I always remember who gave it to them oh that's really sweet I love that so anyway I like loveys all my kids like loveys so My kids attach to really bizarre things. So like my daughter, well, I mean, it's not bizarre, but she, her favorite thing is this pink, she calls it pink star baby. Pink star baby is her thing. And it's this baby doll, but it's like, it's kind of weird. Like it's not even snuggly. Like, I don't know. It's the most, to me, it was the the last thing I would have picked that she would have ever attached to. But like, God forbid we lose pink star baby. Like that would be the end of like all time. And she's also really into rocks and she gets really specific about her rocks. And if you, if she loses a particular rock, and I mean, mm-hmm. I can't tell the difference, but she knows. She knows she the knows difference. It. Yeah. yeah. And then my son, he's, you know, almost two. And his thing is golf balls. I kid you not. Like he <laughs> will sit and eat in his high chair holding a golf ball. It's the most bizarre 
That's so funny. It's really weird. Golf balls. Well, hey, that's really good for his uh, his motor skills. It's fine, fine or gross. I can't remember which one. I don't An know. occupational therapist will have to tell you. But. Yeah, yeah. So golf balls. I don't know. Golf it's balls. weird. I anyway. like it. But okay. I know I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so what is the weirdest or maybe like a seemingly useless talent you have? Hmm. I can remember dates and numbers. Ooh, like really, really well. Give me an example. Like I remember my first telephone number. Oh, I I remember my first telephone number too. I'm like, I don't want to give it out in case somebody has it now. I know, right? (laughs) Seven one three. Um, but just like people's birthdays, like like again, people's but like I remember a girl that I went to um, third grade with. Have not seen her since fourth grade. I remember her birthday. Oh my gosh! Well, if she's listening to the show, Sarah's. Mm -hmm childhood best friend she remembers your birthday (laughs) i love that that is a cool that's actually i wouldn't say that that's useless but that is kind of a it's a strange talent but i like it yeah it freaks my husband out (laughs) he's like how do you remember that yeah um is there a particular fictional character that you'd love to meet in real life can be from like a book movie tv show just a fictional character that you'd want to meet in real life Ooh, Nancy Drew. Ooh, that's a fun one. Yes, I loved Nancy Drew books when I was growing up. Me and too. the coolest thing, yeah, is that my mom kept most of her Nancy <sighs> Drew books from when she was a child and she just gave them to my daughter. Oh my goodness, that's so cool. It's really cool. So now my daughter's getting all into it. So it kind of like revived my my love of a good mystery. I love it. I have recently this fall started um, reading kind of just intro introductory chapter books to Lily. And we Mm -hmm. started with the American girl doll series. Like Uh, I still have my books from when I was a kid. (sighs) And so of course I started with meet Molly because obviously, but it's just so funny, like reading, you know, rereading the whole series to her. I mean, you know, she, get some of it but I mean obviously a lot of it is over her head but it's just it's just become something fun that we do together and it's been fun for me to reread it and kind of talk with her about things and um, you know even at at a four-year-old level but yeah that's so fun when you get to kind of re-experience those things from your childhood with your kids absolutely Um, all right so this last part is our rapid fire questions where they're just either or so you just tell me you know, which which item of the two things you would pick. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Awesome. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Cake or pie? Cake. Books or movies? Oh, movies. Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Tacos or burritos? Tacos always. Salsa or guacamole? <sighs> guacamole. <laughs> Good choice. Um, introvert <laughs> or extrovert? Introvert. Call or text? Text. PC or Mac? Mac. And last one, crushed ice or cubed ice? Ooh. I was crushed. Yes. That's a choice. All right. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's so there's this chain of gas stations around here where they have these big fountain drink machines and they have like both a crushed ice and a cubed ice side. And I'm always blown away by the people who get cubed ice when you have the choice of crushed ice. (laughs) I love it. When you have the choice, you always pick crushed. You always pick crushed. (laughs) Who are these people that are picking cubed ice over crushed ice? That is bizarre. 
<laughs> oh, how funny. It's clearly enough that they have to have a whole nother clearly. machine for it. Clearly, clearly. Uh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for just sharing your heart for moms and sharing what you do with um, Motherhood Manifesto and Project Mother and just your your whole background. And I just, I encourage you and I'm cheering you on and everything that you do. Um, I will make sure uh, for the listeners that I will have all of the links for Project Mother and how they can find out more about it in the show notes. Um, but are on what's your your favorite social platform that you love to connect with people on? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. And you guys are at Project Mother? At Project Mother Co. C-O. Awesome. Awesome. So at Project Mother Co. on Instagram. Um, so definitely be sure for those of you listening to go just give Sarah some love and um, and check out Project Mother because just I love what you guys are doing. And I just am so encouraged by everything that you're doing. And so I'm just wanted to let you know that I'm cheering you on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for providing this platform for everyone. And we are absolutely behind you as well. Oh, thank you so much. Well, it has been my honor and uh, thank you for coming on the show. Happy to be here. If you are a parent or even if you are not a parent, I know you had to connect with Sarah in some way this week. There were so many times where I wanted to scream, yes, 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 all the yes, because of so much of what she shared resonated with me. Be sure to give Sarah some love on social media this week. I love what she does, and I'm so proud of her. I will have all of her links and information in the show notes. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening this week. I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas and a holiday season. I hope you guys are excited about the new year coming up. I have so many things in store for this podcast in the coming year, and I cannot, cannot wait to share them with you. Be sure to visit the archives for all past shows featuring so many amazing people. And don't forget to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or your favorite podcasting app, and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button makes sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And pretty please, pretty please, would you mind leaving a review of the show while you're over there? Leaving a review of the show really does help me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This latest review from D Middle One says, this is a really great podcast about small and mission-driven businesses and the great impact they can have. Molly is an incredibly positive and fun host and always has great guests on. Thank you so much for that review, Dee. It really, really does mean the world to me. If you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Business with Purpose podcast or tag me at Still Being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Another huge shout out to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Visit stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use that coupon code Molly for $15 off. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman. Love you, babe. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose.